An Islanders defenseman is arrested overseas for DUI. We'll talk about that. Plus, Lou Lamorello's future with the team and the salary cap situation answering your questions on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question to ask us or a comment about something we already discussed on the show, or maybe you have a, you know, a topic you'd like us to talk about in the future, feel free to email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings from free agency to trade rumors, coaching changes, or anything else happening to your New York Islanders. We'll have it here on Locked On Islanders, so, sh- so make sure you watch, follow on Twitter, and uh, listen wherever you get podcasts. So the big news over the last couple of days since we did the Wednesday episode of the show, Islanders defenseman Sebastian Aho arrested back on August 13th in Sweden for driving under the influence, the incident taking place in Sundsvall and the alcohol, blood alcohol level for Aho 0.03 which is above the limit in Sweden of 0.02. Aho quoted in Swedish as saying, I deeply regret the incident and will learn from this mistake. Now, Wednesday evening, the Islanders released their own statement. Lou Lamorello tweeting out, "We we were made aware immediately of the situation regarding Sebastian Aho. We have a copy of the police report indicating that he registered a 0.03 blood alcohol content, which is 0.01 over Sweden's legal limit of 0.2. 
Sebastian apologizes for his mistake, and as an organization, we will work with him to make sure this never happens again. Aho uh, also stated, I was on vacation with my family and some of our friends. One of the evenings, we went out to dinner together at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. We were going to continue our holiday, and I was then stopped at a random sample check, and it was over the limit. So, cutting through it all, what does this mean for Sebastian Ajo and the New York Islanders? I don't think it will have a major impact on Ajo's chances of making the team. I believe that there will be a three-way battle, predominantly, for the open sixth defenseman spot on the Islanders between Ajo, Robin Salo, and the newly signed Dennis Chalowski, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the show as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Now, when Lou Lamorello says, we as an organization will work with him to make sure this never happens again, what does that mean? Does it mean they'll give him some counseling, that he'll have to take possibly some uh, educational classes on the effects of alcohol, uh, or whether he'll be enrolled in the NHL's uh, you know, drug and alcohol program? That has not been made clear, but it does appear the Islanders will do something to work with Aho and make sure that this doesn't happen again. I will say this, uh, based on what we're talking about, Aho had to have had an awful lot to drink the night before if at 10 a.m. the next morning he still was over the legal limit. That in and of itself is a little bit discouraging, uh, but again, hopefully this is an isolated incident and we don't see it happening again. And thankfully, it appears nobody was injured, uh, including Aho or any other innocent uh, people who were driving on the roads at the same time. And again, you know, we all do make mistakes. Hopefully, Aho learns from it, can correct it. It won't happen again. But, you know, to quote Animal House, he may be on double secret probation now. In if there are any other future incidents going on, I would have to say that the Islanders' tolerance for such a thing will likely be next to nothing. But again, one step at a time, we have to see how this plays out. The Islanders also announced over the last couple of days that they have signed four players to two-way contracts, and that means these players are more than likely to be spending the season in Bridgeport, uh, although it is also possible, since there are two different uh, dollar amounts in the contracts, that you know if they spend time with the big club, they'll make a different amount of money during that time than they do if they're down in Bridgeport. So the players couple of returnees, Arno Durando and Paul Ledoux. They each sign two-year, two-way contracts. Hudson Fashing uh, also signing a one-year, two-way contract. And then Dennis Chalowski, who we mentioned earlier, 
24 years old, spent most of the year with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL, three goals, 15 assists in 31 games there. Also played 11 NHL games with combined with the Kraken and the Capitals. He had three assists in those games. He has played 104 games with the Red Wings, 10 goals, 17 assists in those games. He's originally a first-round pick back in 2016 of the Detroit Red Wings. So, again, Chalowski probably going to be a candidate for that sixth defense spot, and we'll see whether or not he is uh, indeed going to get a real chance. You know, Fashing is 27. He has played 38 games in the NHL over the course of his career. But again, that's one of those guys who you bring in who's going to be insurance, where if somebody gets hurt, if somebody is slumping or unavailable because of COVID, you could bring a guy like Fashing up for a game, two games, and he'll give you full effort, not going to hurt you. And He has the experience at the NHL and AHL level to, again, pitch in and get the job done over the short term. Same thing with Ledoux. He played one game with the Isles last year, 60 games with uh, Bridgeport, and he had four goals and eight assists there. So, again, keep an eye on these guys. These are sort of the... uh, Transactions that don't make big headlines but can affect an organization. And even if these guys don't play with the big club, having veteran players on the Bridgeport Islanders who can both help them win games, mentor the younger players, and solidify the lineup and the depth in the organization is important. So we'll keep an eye on that. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will start to answer some of your email questions, including ones about Lou Lamorello's future, the trade deadline, and a whole lot more. We've got that, plus our Islanders birthday of the day still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, of course the NHL, combat sports, eSports, tennis, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live, in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, time now to answer some of your questions And this one comes from Daniel. Daniel uh, basically says, You mentioned loose troubles with the salary cap being the biggest barrier to sealing any unrestricted free agent deals this offseason, which I partially agree with, uh, other being players not wanting to sign or go to the island. I have been a Lou fan uh, in making some creative moves over the years with salary cap issues 
as well as players using us as a bargaining chip to get bigger contracts. Here's my beef with Lou. Last year at the trade deadline, I can't help but wonder what the Islanders team would look like if the Islanders made some trades at the deadline, uh, basically shed some cap and came out of the gate swinging this year with the UFAs. Uh, This is academic and maybe a little painful to ask, but I can't shake these thoughts. So here it goes. What do you think the Islanders would look like this season if Lou had made some deadline trades last year? Well, first, Daniel, thank you for the question. It's a good one. As you yourself mentioned, uh, it is a little bit academic right now because those moves weren't made. And if you recall, I was critical at the trade deadline itself because Lou didn't make moves. And, you know, part of it were the players that were on expiring contracts. And he re-signed Parise and Clutterbuck, bringing them back. Did not trade Green or Chara. Now, Green and Chara came off the books now. So that wouldn't have affected anything that's happening right now Uh, for the Islanders because the cap wouldn't have changed. So the question really is, should the Islanders have moved to Josh Bailey or a Anthony Bavillier uh, at the deadline? Or instead of re-signing a Clutterbuck or a Parise, should they have moved on from them at the trade deadline last year? I tend to think the answer is yes. They should have tried to free up cap space. But again, as you mentioned, that ship has sailed. I think it's a legitimate criticism, though. Uh, Moving guys like Green and Chara would not have impacted anything, but trying to move some of those other guys would have. Now, remember, the Islanders were still clinging, and I do mean clinging barely, to hopes of making a playoff run at the trade deadline last year. But I think... Smarter heads knew that that was a long shot at best. And would it have benefited the team to free up some cap space? Yes, it would have. Was it a mistake? I think it was, but I think it's a tough call. Next email comes from Pete, and Pete writes uh, about Lou Lamorello's future with the Islanders. His contract is up at the end of this season, and at eight, he'll be 80 years old in October. Pete writes, I think it's a pretty sure bet that he's going to retire or perhaps uh, be asked not to return. It would be interesting at some point in the future to hear an episode on this topic, what the options may be out there that Ledecky and company should be pursuing. I wonder if they have an informal search underway already to explore possible options. I would think they should. Thanks for all you do. Pete, thank you for the email. I greatly appreciate it. And I agree that uh, it is very possible that Lou Lamorello is not back after this season. If he chooses to retire, I think that is the best way for the change to be made. It's possible the Islanders could bump him up to make him sort of an advisor next year if he doesn't want to retire completely. Uh, or they could re-sign him for another year or two years. I think the uncertainty about Lou Lamorello's future plays a small part, not a large part, but a small part in 
the reluctance of free agents to sign with the team only because, you know, the guy who brings you in, if he's not there anymore, then maybe you get traded and or the team takes a very different turn as far as the philosophy and the personality. So that's possibly part of it. But again, I think the uncertainty uh, is something that may contribute to reluctance on the part of some free agents. The Islanders probably have discussed this to a point with Lou Lamorello, and Ledecky and ownership may know more than we do as to what Lou Lamorello's plans are. I don't think they're going to fire Lou. I think it'll be more up to Lou as to whether or not he wants to return, and it'll be interesting to see. But if there is any inkling on the part of management that Lou may not want to come back or that he's contemplating retirement, absolutely it would be negligent on the part of ownership not to have at least thought about and made lists of who might be available, who they think would be a good fit, all of that. So... We shall see how this one plays out. But, again, uh, I think they do have to have a list on hand and be ready. Now, one last email. Pedro from Portugal, who we've heard from before. Uh, Gil, I just heard the news about the RFAs signing. I'm really impressed with Lou, especially for the Dobson contract. It's an absolute steal. And I'm sure that even though it's only three years, uh, it's top three contract on this team. Romanov and Bellow's contracts were more uh, were more or less what I was expecting. Lou has been so quiet this offseason, but after these signings, I'm pretty sure he makes the so-called hockey trade. Do you feel confident about Tarasenko? I personally think JT Miller wouldn't be a bad addition either, but only with a sign-in trade. It would be a shame to lose him after this season. Always great to hear from you. Keep it up, Pedro from Portugal. Pedro, I think it's still possible a deal is made, but I am leaning more toward the idea that it will be made during the season rather than before the season. That if the Islanders are still in contention come January, February, right up to the trade deadline, Lou could make a deal, bring in a Miller, bring in a Tarasenko, whether it's a rental or a sign-and-trade, and try to improve the team. But that's only if this team is in contention for a playoff spot. And obviously, we have a long way to go before that happens. Could there be a deal before training camp opens? Yes, but after that press conference on Monday, I think it is less and less likely. We have got more to discuss on today's show. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who won a couple of Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders back in the early 80s and played for the team in the late 70s as well. Also played for the New Jersey Devils. Let's see if you can guess who that is. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Well, I guess this read is, uh, this public service announcement is important, especially after the Sebastian Ajo incident. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. And then a few becomes a few too many. 
As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby and yeah, you can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. I mean, what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst you could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tra tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And to, uh, Thursday was the 69th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Bob Lorimer. The Toronto, Ontario native drafted by the Islanders in the ninth round of the 1973 NHL amateur draft spent four years at Michigan Tech and had a great senior year, scoring 10 goals and 31 points in just 38 games. Made his NHL debut with the Islanders in 1976-77, getting an assist in his only game there, and became a full-time player with the team in 78-79. Was a part of the first two Stanley Cup winning teams in 1980 and 1981 before joining the Colorado Rockies in 81-82. They moved to New Jersey and became the Devils, and he finished out his career in New Jersey after the 1985-86 season. In his NHL career, Lorimer scored 500, uh, played 529 games, 22 goals, 90 assists, 112 points, and 431 penalty minutes. He played in 49 NHL playoff games, all of them with the Islanders, 3 goals, 13 points, and 83 penalty minutes in those games. Lorimer, sort of a, a third-pair defenseman, steady defensively, not dynamic offensively, as you could tell from those numbers. At 6'1", 200, he had good size for that era. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders, a playoff game uh, played on May 10th, 1980, Game 6 of the semifinal series between the Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres, Islanders up in the series, three games to two, and a win sends them to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in franchise history. This game at the Nassau Coliseum, the goaltenders, Bob Sove for Buffalo, Billy Smith for the Islanders, and Buffalo gets on the board first. Gilbert Perot, the Hall of Famer, his ninth from of the playoffs, from Bill Height and Richie Dunn at 226. Then Perot strikes again at 653, his 10th from John Van Boxmeer. Islanders down 2-0 early, but a little more than a minute after the second Perot goal, John Tonelli answers for the Islanders. His 7th of the playoffs, Dwayne Sutter and Stefan Pearson with the assist at 808. Islanders down 2-1 after the first period. In the second period, John Van Boxmeer of Buffalo heads off for hooking, and the Islanders cash in on the power play. Mike Bossy, his sixth, from Bob Bourne and Brian Trottier, 31 seconds into the second period. 
That ties the game at two, and then our Islanders' birthday of the day, Bob Lorimer. His first in the playoffs from Bob Bourne and Butch Goring at 11-11. Islanders up 3-2 after two. Dwayne Sutter makes it 4-2 Islanders in the third. His second from Clark Gillies and Butch Goring. And then Bob Bourne with a shorthanded empty net goal. Clark Gillies was in the box for tripping. The goal comes at 19 minutes, and that closes out the scoring. Islanders beat the Buffalo Sabres 5-2. They win the series four games to two and advance to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in franchise history. And it would be the first of five straight years the Islanders are in the Cup final. 22 saves for Billy Smith in this one, but for Bob Lorimer, our Islanders' birthday of the day. A goal, a plus three, two shots on goal, and the goal was the game winner. So Bob Lorimer with a magic moment getting the game-winning goal that sent the Islanders to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in franchise history. Bob Lorimer is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Hopefully, we will have some more news for you on Monday, but uh, the Islanders working hard to get things done, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to September, believe it or not, and training camp really not far away at all. Love to hear, again, your feedback. Feel free to email us your questions, comments, topics you'd like us to discuss as we head closer and closer to September and the opening of training camp. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great day, everybody. A great weekend. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.